All eyes on Europe leading the end time world government, the German-France alliance, and the Antichrist. It's all very prophetic, and we will discuss it on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries, and thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, the, the, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this subject today of Europe, the Antichrist, and, and um, the, the Europe taking over the world government, powers swinging from the United States, is because you can get mesmerized on a certain topic. The establishment's really good about getting you mesmerized, let's say, on human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, right? I mean, we've, they had the floods in, um, over there in Europe. Angela Merkel showed up and said, hey, it's because of global warming that all of this has happened, which leads to climate change, and we really need to stop global warming and climate change and all this stuff. So they keep everybody scared, and everybody kind of gets just focused on that, when all of the stuff you really should be paying attention to is happening behind the scenes. So that's kind of what I want to talk today and kind of expose some stuff because according to Bible prophecy, there are several things that we should be watching for in the end time. We don't want to get our sights on some, uh, some frivolous nonsense, some agenda-driven stuff. We want to make sure that we're paying attention to what we should be paying attention to and knowing what's coming down the pipe. And one of those things is that world powers, right now, the United States has been the main driver behind the establishment of the the New World Order, the world government. The charter for the United Nations was actually signed in San Francisco, here in the United States in 1945. And we have been the principal driver behind that. Well, the Bible says that the world powers are going to swing away from the United States over to Europe in the end time. A world leader, the Bible also says a world leader will arise among European politicians and eventually take the reins of power ruling the world government. He will soon be known to those who understand Bible prophecy as the Antichrist. Right now, we absolutely believe the Antichrist would be alive and breathing on the earth today because of all the prophecies that are converging at the same time. He has to be. And he will be revealed in just the very near future. But right now, he's probably an up-and-coming European politician somewhere in those ranks over there. And we need to be paying attention to this. We also need to be watching the ongoing alliance between Germany and France. All of this is going to be 
uh, to have a factor in the fulfillment of Bible prophecy in the end time. And there's so much going on with it right now that everybody's kind of caught up in. And some of these things we need to be watching, obviously the, the border uh, crisis that we have down here on the South Texas and Arizona, New Mexico, Southern California. And then the, we need to pay attention to that. But then there's, like I said, there's human-induced global warming. It's just big propaganda coming from the United Nations. There's all of the LGBTQ agendas that are being pushed. Those are things that we should be watching, but you cannot get uh, just captivated by that to the point where you're not looking at the big picture. And so I want to talk about some of that today and then go through the Bible prophecy. The Antichrist, many people are talking that the Antichrist will come from the Middle East region. He will not. The Antichrist does not come from the Middle East. The Antichrist will come from Europe. He will also not come from America. The United States will not lead the end time world government in the end time. This is all prophecy. And the nations of Daniel 7 are not the same empires mentioned in Daniel 2. Now, I understand that most prophecy teachers, that's what they teach. But if you, if you, once you understand the prophecies of the Bible, it will help you to understand these things. And, and you, we, I really want you to understand them because of how these things are going to be, play out in the end time. Some of these things you cannot be involved in, the world government and different things. And imagine when, here in the United States, the attitude of when this, when, when a, a European um, government takes over the leadership of the world government and the Antichrist is from Europe. Imagine a foreign power trying to come in here in the United States to tell us what to do. Now, <laughs> under the current administration, that may be possible. I mean, Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, just invited the United Nations to come here and, and um, give us their perspective and kind of judge us on our so-called racial problem here in America. Well, it's all, that's all propaganda. And number one, we do not want the United States, here, uh, the United Nations here in America at all. I don't want their fingers here. We signed a Declaration of Independence, not a Declaration of Interdependence. So let me show you a, a, a current event that's happening right now. And then I will explain the prophecy. Because if you don't know, if you don't understand the prophecies, there's no sense in me even going through current events, right? Me and Doug and Vince, we go through current events all the time, but you've got to understand the prophecies and why we're talking about this. So the, the Carnegie of Europe, they ran an article securing the EU's place in the world, the European Union's place in the world. They said that in spite of the return of power politics, the hope for a rules-based international order is not dead. No, well, of course it's not. It's Satan's effort to establish his kingdom in the earth. It's Revelation 13, 1 through 8. So they're saying that in spite of what Donald Trump did and a lot of other people, uh, now that we can't fully trust the United States, the hope for a rules-based international order is not dead, though. Relaunching multilateralism or global governance, nations working together, 
Uh, multilateralism together with like-minded partners around the world should therefore remain at the center of Europe's foreign policy. Europe is all about global governance. They're all about the United Nations Charter, which was written by Elger Hiss, who was a communist spy. Europe is the model of world government in the earth today. And the Bible says there will come a time when these world powers that the United States has enjoyed since 1945, the leader of this, that those powers will swing away from the United States over to Europe before it's all said and done. And this has been happening for years, and I want to continue on. I'll show you how it's really happening right now, and they're setting the stage for all of this as we speak. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of revelation don't miss this special offer call now 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com to order call or go online now to get this comprehensive bible study just a quick announcement before we get back into the Uh, all deep into the UN uh, or the EU this coming weekend. I'll be back down in Houston. We had a great conference in Bremen, Georgia, and thank all of you that showed up. We had a great crowd. It was awesome. We had people travel from, we were near Atlanta. We have people travel from Alabama and Chattanooga, Tennessee to come down to the conference. So we had a great conference. It was awesome. Looking forward to another great conference down in Houston this coming weekend. Uh, July 24th, this Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m. I'll be teaching that huge timeline that we put together. The future, according to Bible prophecy, will be at Bethel Tabernacle, Houston, Texas, at 1020 FM, 1960 East. My father-in-law went down there for many years, and Pastor Foss and his family are going to have us back down there this weekend. 
And then, so it's 6 to 8 p.m. Saturday night, Sunday morning, July 25th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. I'll be doing the Breaking Prophetic Fulfillments, and uh, we'll probably be doing a Q&A session after that with the audience. Again, Bethel Tabernacle, Houston, Texas, this weekend, 1020 FM, 1960 East. Look forward to seeing you guys down there. So, the EU is soon going to launch its long-awaited conference on the future of Europe. It's a multi-year, multi-year participatory uh, endeavor involving member states, the EU institutions, and the public. And it's anticipated that by 2022, the conference will yield a set of practical recommendations for the development of the European Union policies and instruments. The future of Europe will to a large extent depend on the evolving global constellation of forces and on the way the EU chooses to position itself. They want to be the leader of the world government, period. So it's therefore useful to explore these possible strategic options for the European Union's global engagement. So here's the plan. What to do about it? Well, today... Identity politics threatens the EU's universalist philosophy. And the decline of Europe's political and economic power threatens to turn the region into a more of a playing field rather than a player. That's not what they want. They want the opposite of that. So how should the Europeans respond to these developments? Well, very crudely, they they set aside three basic strategic options that could secure the EU's position in the world. Number one protecting the European way of life, reinventing the West while containing China. And because you understand, everybody says, well, China is going to be the leader of the world government. No, they will not. The NATO, the United States, a lot of people are all world worried about China and their version of a new world order. And they're not going to stand for it. They're not, they're not going to let China come in and take over the United Nations and have their version of a one world government. That's not what's going to happen. Europe is going to be the one that runs the world. So the third part to the plan, and the the one that I want to focus on today, is relaunching multilateralism, or all the nations working together to to, um, advocate for global governance. So relaunching multilateralism. In this case, global governance, everybody. And so a closer look at this today's reality reveals that the universalist agenda is in trouble, but not dead. The universalist agenda, what's that? The new world order, the world government, the liberal international order. You say, wow, I I didn't know any of this was going on in Europe. Listen, it's because you've been, you've been uh, caught up in all this other stuff that the United, this United Nations propaganda about human induced global warming, which leads to climate change and all of the LGBTQ agenda and all these other things that they're dangling out here in front of everybody on the nightly news. They're not going to, these things you have to dig and dig and dig to find this stuff. And so they're making sure Europe is, Europe is endeavoring to make sure that they are a major player if not the one, we know scripturally they're going to be a major player in the world government in the end time. The urgent need, they say, for more effective multilateral cooperation 
has rarely been as apparent as it is now, particularly for defeating the pandemic, combating climate change. Here comes all the scare tactics, maximizing the benefits of digitalization while mitigating the risk. Many partners around the world are ready to work with the European Union on increasing multilateral cooperation. Notice they didn't say the United States. They're willing to work with the, the European Union. This is all prophecy being fulfilled as we sit here and speak. Then they actually say, and I'm quoting, initiatives such as the Alliance for Multilateralism. What does that mean? A group that advocates for a world government. That's what it means. Launched by France and Germany are steps in the right direction. France and Germany. Where have I seen that? Maybe in Daniel chapter 7, a four-headed leopard with the wings of a fowl on its back. The Franco-German alliance. Daniel prophesied about that 2,500 years ago in Babylonian captivity. And here we're, he, he said that these would be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You understand that's exactly what this article from the Carnegie Europe is talking about. And it goes on to say this, and I'm quoting. If the European Union decides to step up its support for a rules-based international order. That's a really fancy term for world government. The rules-based international order. Then it will have to increase its investment in international regimes, organizations, i.e. the United Nations, and show leadership in mobilizing like-minded countries. So, what is the Alliance for Multilateralism? I kind of slid over that, but the Alliance for Multilateralism, or or the... um, saying, hey, the, the EU advocates for them. We, have a, we want a, to um, have an alliance put together between France and Germany for world government, global governance. It was launched by French and German foreign ministers and is an in, it's an informal network of countries united in their conviction that a rules-based multilateral order is the only reliable guarantee, a world government is the only reliable guarantee for international stability and peace and that our common challenges can only be solved through cooperation. They are advocating, they're not even hiding this. It, we're, we're wanting a world government. We see that as the only solution and the EU wants to be a major player. And that is exactly the political arrangement that will be in place at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I've had people say, well, we're, what, Dave, come on, you guys, we're not in the end time. You guys are in time ministries. You talk about prophecy, but we're, we're that, the end times hundreds of years from now. No, we're living there right now as we speak. I don't have to sit here and wonder, I you know, maybe the Antichrist is not here yet. The, the Antichrist will come from this entity we're talking about right now. They go on to say that the alliance for multilateralism aims to renew the global commitment to stabilize this rules-based international order, a world government, their synonymous terms, and to uphold its principles and adapt where necessary. It aims to protect and preserve international norms, agreements, institutions that are under pressure or in peril. To pursue a more, and I'm quoting from their document here, to pursue a more proactive agenda in policy areas, that lack effective governance, and where new challenges require collective action. So 
They also want to advance forms without comprising key principles and values in order to make multilateral institutions, world governing institutions, and the global political and economic order more inclusive and effective in delivering tangible results to citizens around the world. And they say we also reach out to non-state actors as key stakeholders and partners for the challenges we're facing. From peace and security to climate, from human rights to the development of digital transformation, all of that goes back to the sustainable development goals, you understand. But listen at this. They go on to say that the United Nations, the seat of world government in the earth, they actually, I'm quoting, the United Nations is at the center of the multilateral order. We've been talking about that for decades now. The alliance supports a universal and effective multilateral order, a world government again, and it is an invitation open to every state that shares this endeavor. Well, Joe Biden does. And is committed to contributing to the rules-based international order and multilateral cooperation Here it is, listen at this, based on the rule of law on the United Nations Charter and International Law. Who wrote the charter for the United Nations? Alger Hiss, a communist spy. So, the United Nations was created to be a communistic, one world governing body. And not one word of that charter has changed since it was penned back in 1945. And so these people know exactly what they're trying to do. They love world government and they want to lead it. In their principles of actions, they say that the alliance will advance the multilateral agenda in full respect of the vital role of the United Nations in accordance with the purposes and principles of the UN Charter and international law. Partners in the alliance are committed to acting by as driving forces to protect, develop, and adapt the rules-based international order. There's world government again, based on the rule of law. Now, they say international law. I don't like the sound of that. Do you? International law. What's that? We're, we're, I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I live just north of Dallas, Texas. And I live in a nation where we signed a Declaration of Independence that no foreign power would ever govern us. But that's not what Europe wants. Europe wants to globally govern every person on the planet, and they want to advocate advocate for the United Nations. They love the United Nations. They adore the United Nations. I don't. The United Nations and the world government that Europe is talking about here in this Carnegie article is Satan's effort to run the world. He's establishing his kingdom. It's a world government. Politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. You've heard Irvin Baxter say that for years now. Politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. The church is God's method of ruling the world. I need to post that on my Facebook. Because... That's the absolute truth. If you look in the Bible, in Revelation 13, it exposes Satan as the mastermind behind his efforts to build his kingdom in the earth. World government, world religion, mark of the beast. God's effort to build his kingdom in the earth 
is the church. And so what would you rather be a part of? The true church of Jesus Christ or be caught up in this world governing body that God is coming back to judge? The Bible says there will come a time at that seventh trump, Revelation chapter 11, that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. He's going to do away with human government and he's going to establish his government here on the earth. Guess who will be the governors and the senators, the house of representatives in God's government? The church. The Bible says that we will rule and reign as kings and priests with him on the earth for 1,000 years. So everything the EU is trying to build right now is going to crumble. I do not want to be a part of that. Now, that's what the EU is trying to do. Let me tell you where the prophecy is in Scripture. And I'll try to get to, through this. It's, it's fairly long, but you guys need to hear it because you need to understand this stuff. You need to be able to tell people what's going on. We're in the end time. It gives me a sense of urgency. Like I've got to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to every person on this planet. Everybody I can get my hands upon. That's what we're doing in these prophecy conferences. Everybody that will be in Houston at the conference this weekend, you'll see what we're doing. My father-in-law did it for years. We're showing you how prophecies are coming to pass right now putting a sense of urgency in you. You need to tell your friends, family, your sphere of influence. Look how far that my conference this weekend's two parts. Saturday night, the giant timeline. Sunday morning will be about showing, using current events to show you where we're at on that timeline. We're way off into this, folks. There's only a few prophecies left before the second coming of Jesus Christ occurs. And so I think, I think you'll, you'll really like to see the conference and the, and the lesson coming up. If you're anywhere near the Houston area, uh, I look forward to seeing you down there. So this prophecy about the powers of, of the world governing, swinging, swinging over to Europe and the, um, the Antichrist coming up out of Europe and the, and, uh, the, the alliance of the, um, the Franco-German alliance in the end time. I'm going to talk about the revived Holy Roman Empire. I want to give you that prophecy. I'm going to try to do it here. I think I don't know if there's no way I'll get it uh, in the time I have left before the bottom of the hour. No way. But we'll cover it in the second half of this segment here. And you need to understand this prophecy. It's very important. It is taught many different ways by many different prophecy teachers. But I'm going to take you through it very quickly in the second part of this segment and it's, I'm going to take you number one through the part in all the way back in Daniel chapter two. We're going to go through that really quick and I'll get to as much of Daniel seven as I can, because I want you to understand why I'm talking about Europe leading the world government, the antichrist coming from that and the Franco German alliance and how all this plays a part in the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. We're watching these prophecies come to pass so fast, everybody that we're way off in the end time. We're actually at the culmination right now. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, 
you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Now, This prophecy is given to us in two different times in Scripture. In one instance, it's it's depicted as a woman riding on the back of a beast all the way over in Revelation 17. And interestingly, the emblem, I I took my picture with Irvin Baxter there years ago in Brussels, Belgium. The emblem outside the capital of the European Union building in Brussels, outside the Parliament building, depicts a bull with a woman, Europa, riding on its back. And the scripture written 2,500 years ago in Daniel 2 describes this very symbol, this type of a symbol, with a woman on the back of a beast. And the prophecy in Daniel 2 is Daniel 2, 31 through 45. It's not a woman riding on the back of a beast in Daniel 2. That's in Revelation 17. Revelation 17, 3. But the first time it's mentioned in Scripture is in Daniel 2. So 2,500 years ago, Israel was under Babylonian captivity. And they had been sent into exile for 70 years because of their disobedience to God. And Daniel, along with the three Hebrew children, were among the first to go down into captivity. And they were placed in leadership positions early on because they were very diligent, they were smart, and they, they just said, hey, we can use these guys. Well, and the Bible says, uh, hey, if you go down there with them willingly, that I will bless you in your captivity. That's exactly what he did. So Daniel quickly became one of the, the spiritual advisors to Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon, ruler over the entire world at that, at that point. So... One night, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed a dream, but though he knew it had an important message, he couldn't remember his dream. You ever done that? Had a dream and then thought, man, I can't, what did I dream? I had this dream. Well, that's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. It was driving him nuts. So he brought in Daniel to interpret the dream. In Daniel 21, um, 31 through 35, Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar his dream. He said, you, O king, were watching and behold a great image. The great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and its form was awesome. 
The image's head was of fine gold, chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet partly of iron and partly of clay. King Nebuchadnezzar, you watched while a stone was cut without hands and come rolling down a mountain and it struck the image on the feet of iron mingled with clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together. These world-governing empires, that's going to be done away with, and became like chaff for the summer threshing floors. The wind carried it away so that no trace of them was ever found again. And the stone which struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now this, this part of the prophecy is going to be fulfilled in the very near future. When the efforts toward a world's government from Nebuchadnezzar all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ, it's going to be done away with. Never again will there be any effort towards a world government except Jesus's effort or the, um, Jesus's world government that he will have here during the 1,000 year millennial reign. So as Daniel revealed the dream, the king began to remember and acknowledge, hey, Daniel, uh, your, your God could indeed reveal the secrets of men's hearts. And Daniel interpreted the dream for the king. He told him what the dream is. And now he said, well, I'm going to interpret it for you. And this is Daniel, 7, uh, Daniel 2, 37 through 45. He said, you are king, are a king of kings. And for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom power, strength, and glory, and wherever the children of men dwell, it's a world government. He said, or the beast of the field and the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, and then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth, and the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as it iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, the kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. This is, I'm, we're gonna, that's going to be the Roman Empire. I'll talk to you about it in a moment. Whereas, Nebuchadnezzar, you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay, partly of iron. The kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, so that there are going to be elements of the Roman Empire in it. But just as you saw the iron mixed with clay, ceramic clay, and as the toes and the feet were partly of iron, partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron doesn't mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, this is very important. This is the last empire, the one I'm talking about now, the European Union. Daniel said, and in the days of these kings that we're talking about, the last empire, the God of heaven would set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces, consume all the other kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. This part of the prophecy happens in Revelation 11 at the seventh trump. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Daniel went on to say, he said, Inasmuch as you saw the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that break in pieces, the iron, the bronze, silver, the gold, that's the great God. He has made known that the king, what will come to pass after this. 
the dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. So, these empires referred to in this dream were not just any empires. They were empires that would reign over the world from the time of Nebuchadnezzar. There's five, not four. A lot of people teach there's four. There's five different ones. They would rule over the earth during their era from Nebuchadnezzar until God's return to establish his kingdom on the earth. So it's going to span 2,500 years. Only five of these kingdoms would have dominion. The five segments of the image symbolized um, by these five, symbolized these five kingdoms. So you notice that in Daniel 2.39, he says, but after you, Nebuchadnezzar, shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, and then another, a third kingdom, which shall rule over all the earth. That's very important. These will rule over all the earth during their era. And, and all of these empires did. If you study your history, in 539 BC, the Medes and the Persians invaded Babylon. They overthrew the kingdom of Babylon on, on the night of um, Belshaz, Belsh, Belshazzar's feast that he had, where the handwriting on the wall well, that night, the Medes and the Persians were invading Babylon. That was um, 539 B.C. And they ruled the entire world, the Medes and the Persians, until 331 B.C. There was King Cyrus, King Darius. King Darius is the one that came and got Daniel out of the lion's den. You remember the story. So the head of gold was Babylon. The arms and breast of silver were the Medes and the Persians, the next empire. So who's the belly and thighs of brass? Well, that was Alexander the Great. Uh, he conquered the empire of the Medes and the Persians, and this began the Grecian Empire. Greece ruled the world from the ne- for the next, um, what, couple hundred years? From 331 B.C. to 197 B.C., And in 197 B.C., the Romans defeated the Grecians and began their reign. And really, um, the the legs of iron symbolized the Roman Empire. And it was the strongest and it lasted the longest. It lasted, uh, what, close to 500 years. They ruled from 197 B.C. all the way through the time of Christ to 284 A.D. That's why there were Roman soldiers on the earth are in Jerusalem at the time Jesus was crucified because Romans were in power during the time of Christ, during that era. They ruled the world. They had occupying forces in Jerusalem, all the way from Rome. And so, if you notice, as we move from one segment of the statue uh, to the next in this image, the metals change. It goes from gold to silver to brass, iron until the last segment. Then we move from legs of iron to feet of iron mingled with clay. And this time the metal carries over into the next segment. The the iron and, and clay mingled. And this indicates that the last empire will not be the Roman Empire, but it will be related or there will be ro- uh, uh, a... Um, kind of remnants of the Roman Empire that are brought into this last one, but it will not be the Caesars in Rome and the Senate and, and gladiators and all this other stuff. 
it's going to be, which is how you would think of normal Rome. The last one, the Roman element, continued from 300 A.D. So the Roman Empire was over in about, what, 280, in in the later 280s, 287, somewhere in there. This was 300 A.D. to 800 A.D. And then in 800 A.D., the, the Holy Roman Empire was born. So there was like a 500-year gap there. Uh, from There were Roman elements, but Rome was defeated in about, um, what I say, 284, 287, somewhere back in there. So they ruled for about 500 years, and then the Roman Empire was established in 800 A.D., and it was a secular empire. But the, whole, the, the Roman Empire was a secular empire. The Holy Roman Empire was an alliance of church and state, an alliance of politics and religion. The Holy Roman Empire was born on December 25th, 800 AD, when Pope Leo III crowned, um, placed the crown on the head of Charlemagne, Charles the Great, Charlemagne, and announced that he was now the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. So that was the depiction, the, the depiction of the feet of iron mingled with clay. The, the Roman element was the iron or a remnant of the previous empire. And then it had the religious element, clay added in. The, the Pope put the crown on Charlemagne. So the Holy Roman Empire ruled the world for the next 1,000 years. The leaders who ruled the Holy Roman Empire were always a dual leadership, a political leader from Europe and a spiritual leader from Italy, the Pope. The spiritual leader was always the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church of the Vatican, all the way through from the 800 AD to 1806. And this prophecy from Daniel 2 says a stone came down out of the mountain and smote the image on the feet. It says the stone represented the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God would come and destroy all of the governments of men throughout the Bible. We are told mankind will be allowed to rule himself until the time of the kingdom of God. Once mankind realizes that he doesn't know how to rule himself, I mean, imagine today. Mankind is allowed to rule himself and look how much chaos is going on in the world. I just heard today that a a a transgender individual is a, a male that believes he's a female is on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. My wife told me that we're coming back on a plane from Georgia and I said, you've got to be kidding me. Where, where have we come where you can put a male in a female on the front of a magazine? Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. So it's getting chaotic out there, wouldn't you say? I mean, many people have pushed God out of our society. And when you push God and the Bible out of our society, then it's anything goes. It's whatever people feel like they want to do, they just do it, and there's utter chaos in a society without a true moral, the moral compass of God's word. And that's how we got to the point where we're at here in America. A lot of people have just simply pushed God out of America, and now there's just, it's whatever feels good, whatever you identify as, then other people are supposed to agree with you and support that. And it's, it's just crazy. So mankind has realized he doesn't know how to rule himself, at least from a biblical perspective. No way. I told my wife, I said, God is going to come back and judge this mess. He's not going to have a choice. In the time of Noah, sin became so bad, God had to judge the world. And in the times of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, the sins were so bad, they cried out to God and it it was just, it come before God and he said, I've got to go judge that. That's so immoral and there's so much debauchery and just filth and no zero moral compass and men and women are doing things that are just an abomination to God. And God said, I've got to go judge that. And he came down and destroyed them all. Well, imagine some of the debauchery going on in our society today. And God's having grace and love and mercy and he's giving people time to repent. But there's coming a time when God's going to be done with that. And you can't turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. You can't turn the grace of God into a license to sin. That's not what this is all about. Just because the Bible says because Uh, judgment is not executed immediately today. It is in men's hearts to sin. If you knew that if I committed a sin this morning, I'm going to go to hell for it this afternoon, there would be a lot less sin taking place, right? But because some people think, well, you know, I've got time and I can, uh, you know, just, I can do what I want because God didn't judge me for that when I did it yesterday. So I can continue to do it for a while and I'll be all right. There comes a time when you got you got to pay when you're going to reap what you sow. And so this is not even my message today, man. I got to get back. Let me get back on prophecy um, because this 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 world's really gone crazy. But um, God's going to come and He's going to put down the thrones of men, establish His kingdom here on the earth, a kingdom that will never pass away, never be destroyed. And this is what the stone coming down out of the mountain represents. The stone, the kingdom of God. 
smoting this image, this world governing, all these world governing empires. Not the same time, but the system of world government from the time of Nebuchadnezzar, these efforts all the way to the second coming. The stone's the kingdom of God and he's coming back and, the, the, and it's going to hit the feet of iron mingled with clay. It means he comes back during the time of the last empire. This is how we know that the Holy Roman Empire will be in power at the time the Messiah comes to put down the thrones of men and establish his kingdom. Now, some say the Holy Roman Empire ceased to exist back in 1806 as the last elements of the Holy Roman Empire decayed, but that's not true. We have watched the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire over the last several decades. Daniel 2.44 says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces, consume all the kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. These kings, that's very important. We understand just those two words, these kings. They're referred to in Daniel 2.44. That was, and in Daniel 2.44, they're symbolized as ten toes on the image. It's the image of a man standing there. The ten toes, these kings. Well, the ten toes are the last part of the entire world government structure from the time of 600 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar, until the second coming of Jesus Christ. These ten kings will be in coalition and support the Antichrist in the end time. In uh, Revelation 17, 2, it depicts, it de- I'm, I'm sorry, uh, that would be Revelation 17, 12. It, get, it depicts the 10 king alliance that will support the Antichrist as 10 horns instead of 10 toes. It's the, when you hear the, um, we'll talk in the Bible about the seven headed 10 horn beast. The ten horns are the same thing as the ten toes in Daniel 2. Both of the prophecies symbolize the last ten nation union that will give its support to the person who will rule the end time world government right before the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, Revelation 17, 12 through 13, let me quote it. It says, and the, um, the ten horns, which thou sawest, are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. So the beast represents the end time world government and the Antichrist. The ten kings will receive power as kings one hour with the Antichrist. Now, the one hour here, it doesn't represent, it represents just a very short period of time. Not, not 60 uh, minutes. So the kings have one mind, uh, the, the one world community, and world decisions are made through a common one world government mindset. This is why I wanted to talk to you about what's going on with this Franco-German alliance that they're putting together, and they're working towards the establishment and to make sure that Europe has its place at the table at the world government in the end time. This is the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. We're watching it happen as I'm speaking to you today, everybody. But if you don't dig and try to find all this stuff, then it it just goes right by and you'll think, well, we've got hundreds of years before the Lord's coming back. Absolutely not. That is not a true statement. We are living in the end time right now. This stuff is happening. Daniel prophesied about it. 
2,500 years ago. Then John the Revelator came along and wrote several passages about this stuff. The seven-headed, ten-horned beast in the book of Revelation. Uh, Revelation 17, 14 says that these, these ten kings and the Antichrist shall make war with the Lamb. The Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and that they that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. That's the church. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When Christ returns to establish his kingdom, these ten kings, in alliance with the Antichrist, will fight against him. Now, don't, I can't explain that because if somebody come out of the sky, I would be running. I wouldn't be trying to fight it. That, this, I never have understood this, but this is what, this is the Satan's mentality. And when Jesus came on, um, came on the scene to be baptized, you remember John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So the people of God who are part of the church of Jesus Christ, those who are born again, they'll be caught up to, to meet the Lord in the air at the time of the rapture. And when Jesus comes to, to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem for the battle of Armageddon, where the world empires are going uh, to fight against him. But he's going to overcome them because he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those with him are called, chosen, and faithful. These will be true church born again believers. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. So once you're called, you must conform to the life of Jesus Christ. Learn to be his true disciple. And then you'll be chosen. And once you're called and chosen, then you have to be faithful. So I want to be one of the ones that comes back with the Lord, don't you? So the rebirth of this Holy Roman Empire, this feat of iron mingled with clay, it took place back on November 3rd, 2009. And it was one of the five greatest prophetic fulfillments in the last 2,000 years. It really was. Most of the world didn't even realize it happened. They didn't recognize one of the most important prophecies in the entire Bible. The same thing happened when the first coming of Jesus Christ occurred, remember? And though he fulfilled a hundred specific prophecies, most people completely missed it. They didn't know. His his countrymen, Jews, didn't believe it. They They didn't know. They weren't following this stuff. They didn't know the prophecies, so they didn't understand the prophecies. And it's key for us to know and understand the elements of the prophecies that apply to the end time. So the reborn Holy Roman Empire, that is the ten horns symbolize that. The ten toes, Nebuchadnezzar's vision, when you jump to Daniel 7, Daniel said, I saw four beasts, a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard and a ten-horned beast. The, the, and he said these beasts symbolize nations that would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So what are the nations? Well, the, just to be real quick, because I'm coming up to the end of the program, the lion is Great Britain, the eagle's wings, the United States, the bear, Russia, the Russian bear, the leopard, Germany, the leopard with the wings of a fowl on its back, which symbolize France, so you get the Franco-German alliance prophesied about 2,500 years ago. This is prophetic, I'm telling you. And you realize Germany and France weren't even here at that time. It's a 2,500-year-old prophecy. 
And then you have the 10 horn beast. The 10 horn beast is the revived Holy Roman Empire. The last beast on Nebuchadnezzar, on the last empire on Nebuchadnezzar's statue that would be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. 10 horns. In Daniel 7, it says that Daniel beheld in the vision where one horn uprooted three and became great and spoke great things and blasphemy against um, God. It was the Antichrist. What do the ten horns symbolize? They symbolize the reborn Holy Roman Empire, which is the current European Union. Okay? Where did it say the little horn came from? Up amongst the ten horns. Where are the ten horns from? The Holy Roman Empire, the current European Union. What does that tell us? That the Antichrist will come from the reborn Holy Roman Empire, which is the current European Union. You've got to understand these prophecies, everybody. A lot of people say, well, the Antichrist could have been Donald Trump or it could have been Jared Kushner. Nope, it's not possible because the Antichrist has to come from Europe. He will not come from Turkey. He's not going to come from the Middle East. At this point, Turkey is not a member of the European Union. They want to be. At this point, the European Union has said no. So he's going to come from the European Union. It's going to be a a union of politics and religion. This reborn Holy Roman Empire, always ran by the political leader, the most powerful political leader in Europe, and the most powerful religious leader from Rome, which was always the Pope. That's the way the end time world government's going to be ran. The most powerful political leader from Europe will be the Antichrist running the world government. And the most powerful religious leader from Rome, who is the Pope, which will be running the the world religious system. And we are watching precursors to this as we speak. The Franco-German alliance is establishing efforts to advocate for this multilateral liberal international order. I just read you the article at the beginning of the program. This is exactly what the Bible says is going to happen just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth, folks. We're not looking for the end time to begin. We're way off into the end time. There's only a handful of prophecies left before we see the Lord split the clouds wide open, hear that trumpet sound, and hopefully all of our feet leave the ground. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.